Hello, everybody. It's Get It Right with Mike and Trey. I'm Mike. I'm Trey. We're glad to have you here. You are in the right place. You've made the right choice. It's the right time for you. Indeed. <laughs> hey, I think you're right. I just did that on the fly, too. Uh, I, no script, no nothing. That's just, right. Full stream of consciousness. Acting genius. Yes. <laughs> well, you know. Improvisational genius. Uh, well, yeah, I was a thespian for a little while. Not a lesbian, but a thespian. <laughs> uh, but anyway. <laughs> well, you are a lesbian. You do like women. I do. I do. So, so I, I get in a very technical sense. I am a yeah, lesbian. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay, that, anyway, I uh, Does that make you part of the community now? I do you know now people I think people just quit saying all the G G L G B T Q R yeah. plus Z Y G Y or whatever thing. Yeah, they I, just say, yeah, the community or the whatever. Community, it is. yeah, you know. Which by the way, I, I've said over and over, if I was gay, I'm not, but if I was gay, it would really piss me off that I had to be lumped in with everybody. <laughs> you don't have your own little little specter out yeah, you here. Can, the you world. can't just You're, say, hey, I'm a human yeah. being, and how many times have I said it? I, if you're gay, that's fine, but I want it to be about the 17th thing I know about you. <laughs> exactly. I don't need it to be the first, second, or third thing, and if I, yeah. if, if it is the first thing I know about you, that means that you're a pretty shallow person. Well, and you, you know what I should know about you first? First and foremost, are you a decent human being? That's right. Th- that should be the first thing I know. Are you a decent human being? Do you have integrity? Can I trust you? On any level whatsoever, can I trust you? Yeah. That should be the first thing I know. Not who you're sleeping with. Yeah. Who cares? Jesus. Dennis Miller one time said years ago, he said, I don't care. I couldn't care more about, let's see. I couldn't care less about your orgasm and more about my orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. Great Dennis Miller. Hey, I'm going to brag on my friend, Mr. Sarala here for a moment and and his business uh, here. So we're recording this at at the office here at, at Eddie Hill's. Fun cycles. That's you know Trey's Trey's special place here. My special place. It's very it, it very much screams Trey, <laughs> except for those figurines over there. I'm not sure what the hell that's all about. Those are Japanese kabuki dolls. Okay, and I sell Japanese motorcycles. Those those came from Japan. That's where those are from. Yamaha. Ah. Yamaha sent those uh, every year for Christmas for for uh, from Japan. So those are handcrafted Japanese real kabuki dolls from Japan. Oh, really? Yes. They're very special. Uh-huh. I just, you know, it just seems a little out of place. It, it is a little out of place, but that's what they are. That's okay, the purpose right. behind them. Well, I want to brag on him here, and I want to brag on, on Eddie Hills here for a minute. I, I have a standard for public restrooms. I call it the Bucky standard. Mm-hmm. I created this standard. Ladies and gentlemen, I did. Now, for those of you who don't know what Bucky's is, it's a, a, a chain of, of very elaborate, massive convenience stores. They're like, they're, they're like the Walmart of convenience stores. It, it really is, yeah. When you say to say convenience store, yeah. you're almost selling it short, but I know you have to call it something. Yeah. It's, you, know, you pull up to a Bucky's, and there's literally 100 gas pumps, and you can buy almost everything in there. Almost, almost anything that you want except a washer and a dryer. You can, you can buy can any Bucky's. snack. In the world. You can buy deer corn for your deer feeder if you're, if you're a hunter. You can buy barbecue grills. That's right. I mean, anything. they literally sell everything. But one of the things that I find very special about Bucky's is the attention they pay to their restrooms. They are about as close to surgically sterile as you can get. And I have to say, the rest of the men's room at Eddie Hill's Fun Cycles is pretty damn close to Bucky's clean, man. Thank you. We try. I, I, it's not often I walk into a public restroom and go, man, it smells great in here. 
Well, it smells great in there. <laughs> we actually, we actually have our public our restrooms professionally cleaned twice a week. Yeah. Plus the staff, including yeah. me. Right. I go clean the I clean the yeah. toilet too. Right. Uh, but everybody in staff is coached up to where, hey, if you see something or whatever, clean it up. Yeah. If there's a mess, clean it up. But then we actually have a professional cleaner come in yeah. twice a week. Right. We're open five days. We have a professional cleaner come in five, twice a week to do our toilets. It's important. I look. This is. This is important stuff. This is this is a McDonald's thing. This goes back to even McDonald's. McDonald's, they hammer on franchisees about to- clean restrooms. I'm not saying they always yeah. accomplish it. Oh, yeah. But I'm telling you, that's a big thing because McDonald's understands that if you get people to go, if you can get moms, if you can get women to go and stay there, if women don't like your restroom, they're out of there. That's right. And in the power sports business, even though it's dominated by men, 50% of the uh, – of the decision making, there's a woman involved. That's right. And the last thing I want is a woman to come to our uh, any guy, a guy especially. But we're kind of as guys, we're kind of used to going to crappy restrooms. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're just unfortunately yeah. that's that is something we kind of accept. But ladies don't. And the fact of the matter is, I do. I would last thing I want is a is a lady to come to Eddie Hills Fun Cycles and go into our restroom and walk out and go, "That's disgusting." Yeah, you don't want that. No. No, but but I, I was it's well, thank you marvelous. You guys do a marvelous job. We, we try. Thank you. So there. Now we got that out of the way. That's right. First five minutes of the show talking about restrooms. <laughs> hey, the Bucky how clean standard. is your John? <laughs> okay, how uh, clean is this shit? <laughs> Mike, you know these damn Democrats are still on the lamb. These Texas Democrats. This is what I see. I don't get this. So they were on on social media about a week ago. Begging for help, asking people to send them toiletries, and <laughs> I, I'm not making you. You cannot make this shit up. Yeah, they're by, by asking the people to send them stuff to help them continue to stay away from doing their job. But yeah, by the way, while they don't make a lot of money as a as a senator yeah. or uh, House of Representatives in Texas, nobody has that job because they need the money. Exactly, it costs. Thousands and thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to run for election to get those jobs. That's right. And you have to be able to be away from your your home. That's right. For a certain period of time. Yep. Okay. People that have that are not. So you, either you have to be completely unemployed, which nobody's. If you're completely unemployed and you're homeless, you probably don't have the drive probably to not. do this. <laughs> or you own a business or you manage a business or you have some sort of a partnership thing, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody down there, nobody down there is broke. That's right. Okay. That's right. So now they're asking for donations for toiletries. You know, for go to the damn dollar store. It is, it is the the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. So these guys, how long have they been gone now? We, it's been weeks now. Yeah. That they special session, I think was was it called the very beginning of this month? Yeah, so three weeks now. So they they a bunch of these Democrats in in the Texas House of Representatives charter a private plane. And they fly to Washington, D.C. And by the way, seven or eight of them came down with COVID. Just saying. Um, but they, they charter this plane. They fly to Washington, D.C. because they don't want to vote on a voter integrity bill here in Texas. That's right. So this is, excuse me, this is their way. Oh, gosh. Uh, lunch. This is their way of, um, of stopping us, I guess, from doing a voter integrity bill. Now, the governor, our governor, Greg Abbott, a Republican, has said 
he'll just call another special session. That's right. This one ends, call me another one. And, and by the way, in Texas, that is 100% up to the discretion of the governor. That's right. And what they talk about is 100% up to the discretion of the governor. And to my knowledge, there is nothing constitutionally in Texas that limits the governor on the number of special sessions he can call back I, I to don't back. I believe so. He can keep them in special. As far as I know, he can keep calling special sessions from now until the next regular session comes along in 2023. So, you know, they can. That's that a very creepy. That's my Biden. Impression. I was going to say, you did a Biden there. Yeah, that's my Biden. 2023. Oh, isn't that creepy when he does that? With a shot. <laughs> so, anyway, um, he, you know, as far as I know, he can keep them there for perpetuity. And, you know, now that's going to cost you the taxpayer money. Yes. It's going to cost them money because those staffs are getting paid. Expenses are being paid. There's operational expenses that have to be met. That Capitol building doesn't run on fairy dust, okay? I mean, come on. It, it's loving puppies, just like a Subaru. <laughs> it's, running on, it's running on money, baby. Call hard cash. So this is costing everyone more money the longer we have to do this. I would I would like to think that at some point, the the um, constituents of these people yes would start to get a little pissed off about this exactly and start to push back on them and go get your asses back to Austin go to work get get the job done vote it up vote it down whatever it is do something but do go do your job even Democrats at some point have got to get fed up with this nonsense well here's the thing and by the way you take an oath. And you, when you when you're a public official in the state of Texas, yeah. you take an oath to, to uphold all the laws and to do your job. Yeah. By doing this, they're violating their oath. Okay. They are. And and you're like you like everything else. They're costing money. They're costing taxpayer money. They're wasting time. Uh, they're wasting valuable time of other people's time. They are. So, but here's the thing: the voter integrity bill is going to get is going to go through. That's right. At some point, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because what they're trying to do is make it. Easier to vote and hard to cheat. Exactly. Look at it. Read the bill. If you have any questions about this, read the bill. There's nothing in that bill that that is that is skewed any direction to keep people from voting. The only thing, the, the reason we're having to do this, by the way, is because of COVID. That's why they're having to do this all over the country because what happened was COVID hit mm-hmm. and all of a sudden these local entities decided to take matters in their own, own hands and violate their state laws. That's right. All they're doing is codifying What's really all already in law in Texas? Yeah, they, actually, they're expanding time for early voting. They're allowing people, or make, making I think believe they're making employers allow people to leave work to vote. Yeah, which which frankly, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I I don't agree with that. I don't either. I don't agree with, with telling an employer I'm, we're going to force you to let take let somebody take time off yeah, your vote. I don't. As an employer, if your your employee comes to you and says, "Hey, you know, I I know I got an hour lunch, but I'm going to go vote." Is it okay if I if I if I need an extra fifteen minutes or thirty minutes? Is that going to be okay? And if if the employer knows you're going to go vote, I think most employers, probably ninety five percent of employers, would be like, yeah, it's that's cool. It's a one time it's a one time thing. It's not like right. you're going to ask to do it every day. Right. You're not going to vote every day. You're going to vote one time. You're either going to vote early or you're going to vote on election day, but you're going to do it one time, and that's it. Or if you're doing it legally, you're only doing it one time. That's going to say. So, you know, I think most employers probably aren't going to have a problem with it. So I, I don't agree with the government forcing anybody nope, to do that. I, I think that's totally wrong. But I, but I, I will say this. My big, my big concern, my number one concern has been the mail-in ballots. No. Oh. Sending out unsolicited mail-in ballots to people. Yes. 
and and no verification on whether the person that filled it out is the, the person whose name is on the ballot. Yeah, but Mike, not everybody has a Kinko's. <laughs> God. I can't believe she actually said that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It made tell, you know, when you think about it, it totally makes sense with her because, well, yeah, she's not real smart. But anyway, um, the... the um, That's your future president, by the uh, way, just understand. I just... I, <laughs> I don't even want to think about and pro- it. And probably sooner than we expected. But it's, go ahead. This is, that's the kind of thought right there that messes up your bowel movements for a week. Anyway, yeah. the the um, the point being though is is these mail in ballots. There's there's so much opportunity for corruption. There's so fraud. much opportunity for fraud. Yes. There's so much opportunity for everything possible to go wrong with this. And we saw it during the 2020 election. We saw it. Um, you know, a, a batch of mail in ballots shows up three hours after the damn polls have closed. The only place those ballots should have gone was in the round file. Absolutely. Period. Yeah. Put them in the trash. Election day is election day, and when That's the election's right. over, it's over. It's over. And you, you sh- I've said this before. You show up at the polls. You know, the polls in Texas usually close at 7 p.m. You show up at 7.05, hey, let me in. I need to vote. You know what they're going to tell you? Kick rocks. We're done. Polls are closed. Well, especially because you had a lot of time to do this. It's a lot like you didn't know it was happening. Yeah. Okay? You had two weeks of early voting, and then you had election day which is you know, 12 hours in Texas. Polls open at 7, close at 7. And by the way, if you don't get it done, okay, you didn't get it done. You didn't get it done. done. But, but you shouldn't be accepting mail-in ballots hours after the polls have closed. Yeah. And then you got to go, go and verify them. And, and if you don't have all the pieces of information you need, you cannot verify them. You can't do it. The opportunities for fraud are almost endless with these damn mail-in ballots. If I had it my way, to be quite honest with you, the only people that would be getting a mail-in ballot are people that are verifiably bedridden, unable to leave their home or hospital or nursing home to go vote. Or or military. Or military. They're deployed overseas. They're not in-country in this country and therefore out of state or out of state or out of state or out of state. Yeah, I could get with now. I think, I I think honestly, there ought to be some means of, of, we have electronic voting for everybody else. We ought to have some means of electronic voting for military people that are stationed stateside, but are not in their home state. There's gotta be a way to work that out. And I don't know. And that may not even be any safer than the damn mail-in ballot, but there, it ought to be a very, very strict, strictly controlled list of people that can qualify for a mail-in ballot. And if you can't meet those qualifications, you don't get one. And this bullshit of mailing mail-in ballots out just free for all to whoever, that cannot be allowed to go on. No, it should it must be in my opinion, it must be requested. It's got to be requested. Absolutely. And you and there's got to be very strict rules. You must meet certain criteria and you must prove you can meet those criteria. And if you cannot prove that you meet those criteria, then you don't get the mail-in ballot. That's right. Why is that difficult? And the whole thing with voter ID. I can't buy a car. I can't buy a house. I can't buy a motorcycle. I, I can't. I can't open a bank account, a checking account, savings account. You can't IRA check into account. a. You can't check into a hotel without an ID. You can't. All these things in life that I have absolutely got to have an ID for. You know. I mean, as old as I look, I've gone to the liquor store and got carded. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually somewhat flattered by that now. But anyway, uh, all these things you cannot do in life without an ID. But yet voting somehow. It's racist or bigoted or immoral to ask someone to prove that A, you are who you say you are, that B, you 
live where you say you live and can legally vote in that precinct or that district or whatever. Why is that wrong? The, the only reason that I can think of that anybody would have a, a, a bona fide problem with you showing an ID to vote is they want you to be able to cheat if you want to cheat. Of course. There's no excuse for it. Zero. You can get an ID. You can get a free state ID. You don't That's have to right. have a license. Everybody says driver's license. You can get a free state idea, ID. But the fact of the matter is if you're not willing enough to go do that and motivated enough to go do that, why the hell do we think you're motivated enough to go? <laughs> exactly. And in Texas, the only you know a driver's license and state ID card look very similar. But you're right. You can get them free of charge. You know, if, if you've got the means to pay for it, if you've got income, they're going to ask you to pay for it, yes. But if you don't, you can get it for free. Well, and it's not that difficult. I've I've talked to guy, I've talked to people at the DPS. It's not that the process actually has been streamlined in recent years. They sure. they've actually now mind you, okay, when you say government and streamline, sometimes you go, yeah, right. <laughs> they they have made an effort to streamline the process as much as they can. There's still certain legal boundaries that they can't get rid of, you know, for good reasons. But they've streamlined it as much as they can, Trey. It, it ain't that hard. But it's, it's just another excuse. You've got to be motivated. You've got to be motivated to go do it. Yeah. And, and this this crap, <laughs> here's, the, here's the other thing that is it, I think is sinister. When they say... Well, this unfairly impacts uh, <clears throat> communities of color. Yeah. What are you saying? Are you saying black people are too stupid to get IDs? <laughs> exactly. Honestly, that's what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Which is which, by the way, is wrong. It's yeah. incor- it's an incorrect statement. Yeah. But these Democrats who say they they stand up for everybody, what they're saying is black people are too dumb to get IDs or are not capable of getting IDs. Well, bull. Th- that's you've got. That's why you've got so many people in minority communities in this country that have found themselves dependent on welfare, generational dependency on yes. welfare. You know, you're on it. Mom and dad were on it. Grandma and grandpa were on it. It's become a generational thing. And, and it really, it really is in itself a form of slavery. If you want to be quite honest about it, becoming dependent on the government to pay your rent, to buy your food, to buy your medicines, to do and everything. By the way, it doesn't you. matter what color you are either. Cause it, there's it, white it, folks it, that are in the same situation. You're absolutely right. Yeah. My, I told my children <clears throat> from day one, if somebody else is paying your bills, you, you they own you. That's right. That's right. They and control you. They control you. And they own you to some degree if they're paying your bills. That's right. So the only way to have real freedom is to be able to pay your own bills. Well, and by to, to be able to to be able to. I'm not right. saying. Look, I'm not saying if if I had a chance to marry some rich woman or something like that, hell, I might do that. <laughs> Who pays all the bills? But what I'm saying is, I know that if something happens. If the fecal matter hits the proverbial fan, uh-huh. Trey can go do something else. I can flip burgers or something and at least, right. at least pay my own bills. That's right. And by the sheer numbers, it just makes sense that there's more white people in America that are on welfare Absolutely. than white people because white people are the majority of the country. You've got literally millions of people of every color, of every race, that are on welfare in this country. And so many of them have been convinced that they cannot survive without it. They can't do any better for themselves. Now, by the same token, there are millions of people that were on welfare and have pulled themselves out of that trench. Yes. And now are, are, are very, in fact, I know, I know one, and she happens to be a black woman here in our local community. She, she's a millionaire. She's wealthy today. She's a wealthy woman today. She was not a wealthy woman 40 years ago. Okay? She was a, she was a welfare mother, and she'll tell you that. But today, she's a wealthy, a wealthy woman, and she's done it on her own. 
she she didn't she didn't she got she broke the cycle of dependency. She she realized there was something better. She and she made a choice, a conscious decision to break that cycle, to go after that thing that was better and make her life better. And she did. And she's got a great life now because of it. Yeah. Now, she's also being told by the people that would have kept her on welfare that, oh, well, now you've got too much money and you're not paying your fair share. Yeah. And so now you need to give, you need to be taxed more. If this government had its way, people like her would be paying 70, 80, 90% in taxes every year. It makes me want to slap the living shit out of somebody when I hear them say somebody doesn't pay their fair share. Oh, good God. It, it's, you know, if, if I had it my way, if I had it my way, we would have a tax system in this country where everybody's got skin in the game. Everybody's got skin in the game. Right now, we have about 51% of the taxpayers that don't pay diddly or, or citizens don't pay diddly. And a whole lot of them get something back. And a whole lot of them get something back. You They, gotta, they you get know, something back that they never paid. Roughly half the country is paying 100% of the bills. Okay, I, I mean, that's, mathematically, that's just how it works out. About half the country is paying 100% of the bills for everybody. And to sit there and look at somebody who's worked their ass off for 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years to build up a business, to, to build up some wealth, you know, I mean, anything. Most, most business people I know are not millionaires most of them oh, no, you know from you know they they you they might make, have a good job they, they got a good job they make a good living uh they're not going hungry and the lights stay on but but you know really it's about it uh to tell someone there that oh well because you're because you own your own business and you make x or you make y well we're going to take you know 60 70 percent of it away from you it's insanity it is it's absolute it's insanity. Immoral. It's Im- it's immoral. It's unethical. It's just damn wrong. Real quickly here, I want to shift gears a little bit here, if, if we can, and let's talk about the economy here, because I know a lot of people uh, around here that are they're getting antsy about the economy. They're getting nervous about because of the right, inflation. We're in North Texas, by the we're way. We're in North Texas. Uh, we are in Wichita Falls, Texas. We're a couple hours northwest of Dallas, a couple hours south of Oklahoma City, right on the Red River, right in the middle. We're, we're almost geographically in the dead middle of the Red River in Texas. And uh, a lot of people are getting nervous about this economy even here. And our economy here has been strong. We've been it, doing well. It has stayed strong. Sales tax receipts have been up. People are building things. Things are happening. There's a lot of creation going on, a lot of innovation going on. A lot of uh, there's new dollars coming into the economy, but a lot of people are starting to get kind of nervous here because they're looking at the inflation. That's you know, the biggest kicker right now. You look at gas prices. You know, I drove by an Exxon station today, three oh nine a gallon for gas and diesel, three oh nine a gallon. Yeah, crazy. I drove uh, by a gas station today, and I think it was two eighty nine a gallon as a truck stop, two eighty nine a gallon for diesel. Didn't have anything on the sign for for rate for unleaded. Yeah. Which means it tells me that it's changing so fast. Yes. They don't even have it on the sign. You probably pull up to the pump and it's right there. It, it, it's it's almost changing multiple times a day now all across the country. Now, a lot of other places got a lot worse than we do. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we're still rolling pretty strong here. What do you think? I mean, because you, you're a business owner and you've, been, and you've been a business owner for a long time. You've seen these cycles, the hills and valleys. You, you've, had, you've had to ride them. And, and you've had to tread water multiple right. times over the years. So you understand, you know, when things are good, 
They're good. And when they're bad, they can be really bad. What What is your your take on where we are right now? And if you look down the road six months or a year, what do you think? Well, see, I think we're going to stay strong here because our construction trades are going to stay strong. Yeah. Uh, there's some there's some major projects that are coming online. We're going to have two high schools that are going to be built here. Yes. Uh, that's going to get. I mean, if you're in the trades, if you if you swing a hammer or or do anything with your hands, you're going to have an opportunity to work. Yeah, it looks like the new full service hotel. Yes. At the MPEC, that's the multipurpose event happen. center. That's that's uh, going to happen. There's a QT that's going to come in here, which is a, a, a quick trip, mm-hmm. like a, a, a big. It's a it's a mini Bucky's. Yeah, basically. You, yeah, yes. they're, they're going to come in. So there'll be a lot of stuff going on. So I think that it's going to be strong here, but the inflation does scare me. Yeah, uh, that's the big. The two things that I'm that I'm seeing is people having a hard time getting stuff. Yes, getting things to sell that wow. hurts. Actually, you know, I hear people go, "Oh, that's good, good, good problem to have." No, it's not. No, <laughs> but because when when you run out of stuff to sell, it's not a good good problem to have. If you got five people lined up outside to buy a side by side, and you got one side by side on the floor to sell, yeah, that's not a good. You're going to make money on that one side by side. Yeah, before, you're going to probably make retail on that. Before customers are leaving pissed off because that's, they couldn't buy the side by side. Exactly. So so that's hard. And and like once again the the inflation that the inflation side of it scares me because yes you know all these construction projects we're talking about but if they're going to keep if the the uh, the price of construction materials keeps going up mm-hmm. or staying high I don't think it's going up anymore I think it's kind of I think it's starting to come down a little bit but it's staying kind of in my opinion artificially high mm-hmm. uh, that that hurts things because it scales back your job your job I mean you know you put a budget in you build you bid a you bid something, you put a budget together. We're going to build it for this, that, and the other. Well, materials, yeah. if they go through the roof, of the, if materials double and triple in price, that kills your budget. Well, right consumer spending takes the hit takes the hit first. Because if you're, you know, Joe and Jane America out here, and you make $75,000 a year, and prices go up 25%, your employer is not giving you a 25% raise to compensate for That's the inflation. Right. You still got the same dollars to work with. That's right. But higher prices. So, so, so your your buying power actually comes down. Your buying power comes down, and and then you start having a, you get to a point where you got to start making choices. That's right. Well, do we buy new clothes for the kids this month, or do we keep putting gas in the truck? Or or, or you know. do we spend? Do we go from where we used to put five hundred dollars in the bank every month for to where we now we we put fifty dollars in the bank or a, nothing in the bank? Exactly. So, and so now we're down to living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, again. everything starts to get hurt and hurt badly. Yes. And and so, you know, this is why they start talking about, you know, wages going up, you know, minimum wage going up. Big damn deal. Minimum wage goes up. So the hell what? Guess what? As inflation goes up, you know, if you're an employer and the federal government comes along and says, Mr. Sarala, you cannot pay anybody in this shop less than $15 an hour. Well, that's, that's okay, fine. So you're going to pay them $15 an hour. But a couple things are going to happen. Number one, your prices are going to go up. They have to. you got to pass that cost along to the consumer. The other thing's going to happen is you're not going to hire as many people. That's right. If you can get by with seven instead of ten, you're going to do it. And, and, and probably some people would have to go. Yeah. And so it, it puts the employer in a bad spot. It puts the consumer in a bad spot. It, it all it all looks bright and shiny on paper when you start talking about, oh, you know, little, little Joey over here that's flipping burgers at Burger King uh, is going to go from making $8 an hour to $15 an hour. And he's, he's 
you know, he's elated because his paycheck is going to double down there. But the problem is, is Joey's buying power is getting shrunk down too, just like everybody else's is getting right. shrunk down. And you think you're going to buy something on that dollar menu at McDonald's if it goes to 15 bucks an hour? No. Well, there, won't, there, there won't be a dollar menu. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's going to be a $3 menu. And let me tell you what else is going to happen too. And they're already, and they've been working on it for a long time now. Uh, restaurants are already looking at robotics. Oh, yeah. To take the place of humans. I've seen them in France. Yeah. I, last time I was in France, I ordered, I stopped at a McDonald's, my family. Yeah. We, you know, it was one of those deals. It's like, where are we going to eat? We're on the road. Hey, there's a McDonald's. It's familiar. We walked in. We didn't talk to a person. We did not talk to a human being. <laughs> we walked up to a menu and we sat there and you, it's a touch screen and you could, oh, you want extra cheese? You throw the cheese on there or you take the cheese off for the pickles or whatever it is. Everything, 100%. And then you type it in, you put your name, you, uh, you pay your, your <clears> card right there. And at some point, some dude, some French guy comes out and says, Zorada, and go pick up a shit. Yeah. Oh, mademoiselle. Uh, <laughs> Real quick, I want to switch gears one more time here because this is something that's really happening right now, and it's yeah. happening in Texas. Yep. And it affects everybody, but it's happening in Texas specifically. Right now, we talked about in our, I think in the last podcast, unlimited talk about masks and stuff in Washington. Mm-hmm. You know where they're not where, where they're not giving a crap about masks and everything else? Where? The south, southern border. Yeah. People are walking right across. No mask mandate there. Mm-hmm. No 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 uh COVID response there. Yep. They're putting them in hotels knowing people that have COVID. Putting them in on the hotel, putting them in, up in hotels. They're going to restaurants. Yep. Okay. They are. With knowing they have COVID. That's right. They're going on getting on buses and traveling all over the country. That's right. So, so as an American citizen, say I wanted to go visit my family in England, and I say, okay, I want to, I want to come back. I have to come back here and produce a positive, a negative COVID test, and quarantine for whatever period of time in America. Mm-hmm. Or I fly to Mexico City and just walk my ass across the border. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a story out there right now. That uh, I think it was, um, I, th- I think uh, MSNBC picked up on it, MSN picked up on it, uh, several news agencies picked up on it. The Border Patrol released fifth between uh, mid March and mid July, I believe it was. Yeah, mid March and mid July, fifty thousand illegals released into the United States with no court date. So far, there are. There are 16, so they have a 60-day window in which they, sh- they were supposed to report to ICE. Right. A 60-day window. 16,000 of those 50,000 still have not reported, but they're still within that 60-day window. Fewer than, I think, 5% of them have actually shown up at an ICE location to report themselves within the 60-day window. That's 50,000. That's in a 90-day time span. Yeah. We're on track to have over a million in this country by the end of this year. We're breaking all, we're smashing all records on Boys, this, Trey. let me tell you, these are not records we want to be smashing. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna cl- let's close with this, Trey. If the government really gave a damn about the virus and really gave a damn about your health, wouldn't the border be closed? Absolutely. There you go. We'll see you next time with more Get It Right with Mike and Trey. Until then, take care. We'll see you down the road, folks. Mm-hmm.